Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. The message tonight is about loneliness and breaking loneliness off. And I, what I really felt as a church is to lean in into community, the power of community. It's been so amazing to see, um, honestly, it's been almost like a rapid growth that's happened this last year and, uh, or happened recently within this year. And uh, you know, when things can get bigger, you can start feeling a little shaky. Like, okay, well, where's my place? And someone just took my seat in the church. You know, I always sit in this seat. And now, now somebody else didn't even know, but they took my spot. And I, you know, so, so to lean in into community because true transformation comes within community. And in 2004, um, is a year to transform. 2024 is God calling us to transform, is God calling you and I to transform so that we can soar. See that? 2024, the year to transform so that you can soar. And transformation is always needed in all of us. God wants to continue to instill a, a bigger dreams inside of us and, and to get us to grow uh, bigger as people. So transformation is gonna be uh, one of the tickets in 2024. Why do we talk about Awaken You so much? Why do we talk about PFA? We've had all these amazing applications that are coming in. Why are we continuing to talk about it? We're gonna, we're gonna be really leaning in and talking about recovery because recovery signups, Awaken Recovery is coming up in January. And so we talk about connect groups. I mean, we go on and on. It's like, oh my gosh, there they go again, talking about men's and women's prayer every Tuesday, 5.30 and 9.30 a.m. So we talk about all these things because we want you to be in this incubator where you can transform and to be enveloped in a community that really loves you. This song that we just sang about not being alone, not being abandoned, there's fear that's attached to all of that. And so when you're in community, sometimes for some of us that makes us a little fearful. But really God wants to, in 2024, yes, transform you, but he wants to transform you with his love. And he shows that love in community. I know that some of us has been hurt by people before in the past, and that's hard to talk about is what in community, like I love coming to church and I love having my own encounter with Jesus, you know, like I come and, and I have, you know, there's worship going on and I get healed on the spot. I love that, you know, or uh, certain encounters coming up to the ministry team and, and having an encounter and a word, a prophetic word from the ministry team. How cool is that? And yes, 
that is very exciting. And it is a church of an encounter. God wants to encounter you while you're here. He wants to have that personal, uh, personal touch. He speaks to each and every one of us individually. But the something that we like to just kind of hop over and not really like go there with is the community part. And I think because there's honestly, there's this epidemic of loneliness that has been, that goes around. And so fear will creep in as loneliness, you know, creeps at our door. And it could be a little fearful, but God wants to transform you in the year of 2024. He wants to redeem community in your world. He wants to redeem trust with people in your world, friends and leaders, pastors. He wants to redeem all of those things, all of those relational issues. He wants to redeem that with us in 2024. So, uh, so we're gonna lean in tonight. So let's go ahead and pray. So thank you, Jesus. God, thank you, Lord, that tonight is a divine setup, that uh, it's not even December yet, but we're able to think about this message for the month of December so that when 2024 hits, then we're able to make the decision to really go all in and going all in with community and going all in to break loneliness off of our lives so that we can be transformed. God, that you want us to thrive in family. And really that's what it's all about is that you've established the family unit here for us to uh, grow in and thrive in and mature in. And so Lord, tonight uh, we pray that you come and you do have an individual encounters with, with each and every one of us. And God, that your love pours out tonight and that we break off fear, we break off loneliness and any intimidation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys are amazing. So the title of the message is Not Transformed Alone. Not Transformed Alone. Like I said, he wants to do, he's inviting us to be transformed in this next year. But we are not called to be transformed alone. And, I, and so we are trying to break off this loneliness that has come upon us. And um, I'm kind of taking a little spin on it because what I want to identify tonight are three, identify three different types of people um, that have certain symptoms about us. And, uh, and it's the, the cause of loneliness. And we might not think like, oh yeah, this is, so I'm just trying to reveal certain things, you know, that, that I, it's like, oh, I could see myself as this person and oh, this is why I can feel lonely in this area. And really I have fear in this area. So I need to do my, I need to do my job and, and break some things off to change some things as I go into the next year so that I can truly transform and not be alone, amen? All right, very good. So uh, number one, this is gonna be kind of funny and a little practical and uh, maybe some deep moments, we will see, but we will have fun together. Loneliness makes us feel like very sad, you know? So I'm not, it's not my intention to get out the tissues, but it's like, oh, lonely me. But no, we're gonna have fun tonight. Okay, so number one, we're gonna start off on just like a 
slow note, but this is going to be good. Number one is, my point number one, Instagram, oh, I'm bringing it up. Instagram teaches us how to be good at first impressions while destroying our capacity for long-term relationships. I like these slides because we can just take a picture and then remember it after service. So yeah, Instagram teaches us how to be good at first impressions while destroying our capacity for long-term relationships. I understand that not everybody is on Instagram, but actually a lot of people really are, especially the up-and-coming generation. So here, read, read this with me because I found this and it's very true. Researchers found that people turn to social media more when they're feeling lonely. But surprisingly, people felt worse after spending time on social media. For me, that is very true. I'm over there at night and I'm like reeling, reel after reel after reel until I see like, what a beautiful Christmas tree. And I got all like my dopamine fix, you know? And I'm like, okay, keep scrolling. Oh, that wasn't cool. And where's the next cool little Christmas tree? Anyway. And then it makes me feel lonely about not having Christmas in my house yet. That's a confession. It's true right now. Okay, where was I? Because I this was all good stuff, and I totally rabbit trailed. People feel worse after spending time on social media. It, uh, it didn't help them feel less isolated. It actually made them feel lonelier. This was due to social comparison or the act of comparing yourself to others. The more study participants... Uh, compared themselves to others while using social media, the less happy they felt. (laughs) So yes, who is the person that I'm talking to right now? The person who is trapped in comparison. So I'm talking to you all. If you are just looking around, like the Instagram, you're just loving that at night, going reel after reel, it turns into 10 minutes, and then it turns into an hour, then it turns into three hours, then it turns to 3 a.m. in the morning. And uh, so it's this trap of comparison that you'll get yourself stuck into. And really what comparison does is you can't be your true self. So if you can't be your true self, that will definitely cause us to feel very lonely. So I can put on all, like find a great outfit and have the perfect interior designed house behind me. And I can have a great smile with my hair done and right after I get it all blonded up. And I can give you a really great first impression on Instagram, especially with all the filters. You know, my teeth will be really white and you'll love me. You'll be like, oh, I wanna be her friend. And look, she has this and that and all this stuff. But anyway, it is a trap. And so we're over there. So we can do a great first impression, but then we lose our social ability to actually have long lasting relationships because we're caught in the trap of comparison. So we get into that being really good at first impressions, but not actually having a deep relationship because we were comparing ourselves. Does that make sense? If we can constantly compare and look at this and that, it's envy, it's jealousy, it's all these things that pop up and it just makes us not be ourselves. We don't know what to do in an actual public setting because 
you know, like we're there and we're one person, this virtual me online, and I can say all this awesome stuff, you know, and respond and, and oh yeah, and now I've gained all these amazing followers and, you know, I'm surrounded by community. And like, this is my community, this virtual me of community. But then I meet the person in real life and it's like awkward turtle, you know, like... <laughs> Like, I thought that you were, like, so fun, and I thought you were perfect, but you're just, like, this awkward turtle. Like, you're not even, do you know how to say hi? You know, like, they, there's, like, this disconnect between, like, us getting so wrapped up into the vortex of social media that like we do not ha know how to be human beings anymore. And it's a really sad thing. And it's a sad thing, especially for like, for high schoolers, for middle schoolers. Thank God I did not have social media growing up because Oh my gosh, I was already jealous enough myself. Like I would see my best friend and she would, you know, it's like, what, you hung out with, with Aubrey on, on Thursday? How dare you, you know? And like, I thought we were best friends. And so then like, think of now, like we are seeing, we can like keep track of everyone's location on our phone. You're my BFF, I'm gonna follow you around everywhere. And so now like we are following this, these people, we know exactly where they all are. We know exactly what they're posting. And then, oh my gosh, like jealousy and envy, comparison creeps up. How come Aubrey is there and not me? I mean, what does Aubrey have that I don't? I know that she's a cheerleader, but I mean, I'm a great tennis player, you know? Like, does that mean? So it's like this next level of comparison with this younger generation. And as parents to these younger children, we need to start realizing the effect that it has on this generation that comes up of the comparison game and of loneliness that it actually creates with this generation that is rising up. It is so sad. So, so a challenge to us that I wanna put out there is to limit our kids' screen time, to be good parents, to, to put a timer on screen time, put a timer on, on phone usage, and you know, who are you following on your location? Okay, get rid of them, you know, like I'm the only one who's allowed to follow you, you know? I'm going to keep track of you, but it is such a trap. And, uh, and so the, the followers that we have is not a real community. That is just a, that's just a little something to say that the followers we have are not our real community. That's what Instagram says. It's like, you're surrounded by a community. You are not alone. Like, look at all these people who are alive and well and happy and giving you all these great recipes. Like Betty Crocker can't give you these types of recipes. Like the recipes I'm getting on Instagram is incredible, you know? But it's actually a fake community and it causes such loneliness. A great example of this is that if you are just dehydrated and you feel like the need for, for friendship, the need for community, um, just so you're almost like dehydrated, you know? So dehydrated person, they need water. And so if a dehydrated person needs water and they're out in the middle of the ocean, it's like, it looks like you have all the resources that you need. Like I am surrounded by a ton of water, I should be fine. But as soon as my dehydrated self tries, like goes over the 
boat and tries to like drink the water that's around me, the ocean, salty water, it actually makes me more dehydrated than I was before. And so that is what happens when we get into this vortex of being alone at home or alone at night and going into this vortex of Instagram, social media, whatever we may be on. Anyway, I should stop on this note, but I think I made the point is that it'll continue to make us more and more lonely. So we need to stop that and we need to be ourselves and learn how to be ourselves around people and community. Oh, very good. Especially for the younger generation. And uh, just a quick scripture on that. I'm going to go to Hebrews 10.25. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. That is so important to meet together. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So the importance of meeting together is such a good thing. And um, maybe it's time for us to go on an Instagram fast. I'm just saying it, you know, maybe. And we can actually get more creative by not being on, you know, on our screen all the time. Maybe we could be more present with our kids. Maybe we can be more present with our family. We're there. We can be human beings without, you know, living this virtual world. All right. So that's point number one. Point number one. Point number two is to set up boundaries for love, not for distance. Set up boundaries for love, not for distance. Why am I saying this about a lonely person? Because a lonely person, this is a different type of person, but you might feel very lonely because you're having a lot of intruders come into your world and you have never set up a healthy boundary for people in your world. So now people are the enemy to you and they're actually, uh, but they're there to be good friends for you. They're there to, to be a great community for you. So to set up boundaries, you set it up for love, not for distancing yourself with people. So I think this is a very key thing. So I'm talking to the victims of the intruders. <laughs> um, some things that happens if you are a victim of intruders is when somebody gives you like a bad compliment, um, you cannot let that thing go. <laughs> you will not forget it right away. Healthy people with healthy boundaries might have a person give them a bad compliment and it's like, oh, all right, cool. That was just their thing. And I'm just living my best life. And that was like, 10 decades ago that they said that and I instantly forgot it. That is healthiness. But with unhealthy boundaries, if the wrong, if we don't have boundaries set up for love and you have this thing of distance with people, like everybody's mean now. Like, oh my gosh, do you know what they just said? And they just said, like, it's not water off a duck's back for you. And so if that is the type of life that you're living of, uh, you know, it takes you forever to recover. If somebody rattles something that it's like, I have this boundary and somebody just crossed it and you are completely rattled by it, it takes you forever to recover. That means that you have not set up a healthy boundary. You, you need to set up a boundary for love, not for distance. And I... Uh, and so, yeah, it takes you forever to recover. Um, so boundaries is actually, 
it could be a very good thing. It sounds like something bad, but when we say boundaries, it's not boundaries where now I am cutting you out of my life because you just offended me, you just hurt me. So now I am cutting you out of my life. Connect groups, I'm cutting them out. I went to a connect group and they didn't serve the food that I wanted them to serve and that really offended me. And so I'm out, peace out y'all. I'm not gonna check out any other connect group or maybe you have and you're having the same consistent problem that they're not serving Hillary's food there. You know, like you're really in to Hillary's, like you have, you make these egg bites, Hillary, that everyone's like really, everyone loves them. So everyone go to DNA for her, for that. But yes, and so it's just, you're constantly getting offended after offense, after offense. All right, so you need to set up healthy boundaries. What healthy boundaries looks like is that uh, you are not a victim anymore to people, but you actually have um, a power, you have some, some power to you. You're not gonna allow people to walk all over you like you're a doormat, but you actually can set up a boundary and, and have some power to that And then if somebody crosses it, there's some certain steps that you can take. So let me just go over this. I know this is really practical, but what we can do if we set up a boundary and then we feel like people are intruding it is uh, number one, know that this is, uh, so they violated something, they said something to you, you're, you're just, you're starting to get offended now. No, you are a powerful person. You need to know that what their issue is, is their issue. It is not your issue. That is number one. It is their issue. This is not your issue. And usually people who come in and try to break your boundary and to try to cross over their intruders, like you think you have to now cater to them. It's like, okay, you just gave me this anxiety. I'm offended now. And, and so, okay, now I have to cater to everything you say because then maybe you'll scoot along. Or, you know, like we're, we become victims. But I, number one, remember, this is their issue. This is not your issue. So you gotta separate yourself from what they could be telling you. If you get a bad compliment, separate yourself. Don't make it a personal thing, you know? This is their thing that they think my hair looks bad. You know, that's not my issue that I think my hair looks bad. I think my hair looks great. But they apparently think my hair does not look good. And so they're gonna compliment, they're not gonna compliment. Anyway, do you see what I'm saying? So, so they, this is their issue. So do your very best to, to separate uh, personal to this is their thing. So once you realize that, you're like, okay, good. The anxiety starts to kind of come down a little bit. And then number two, you give them grace. So after you realize this is their issue, you give that person grace. I mean, they could have had bad hair days their entire time growing up, you know? And so because they have bad hair days, they just are telling everyone else that they have bad hair days. So, you know, so that's, it could be that. Hurting people hurt people. So that's what you need to remember in this. Hurting people will hurt people. So this is their issue, what the hurt is, but you have to have, now you're able to have some grace for their hurt. Okay, wow, this is not my thing. It's not a personal thing that I'm gonna hold on to, 
but um, I have some grace for them, you know, like they had this situation that happened, this is how they grew up, or whatever it could be. It doesn't always have to be that extreme, but you give the person grace. And then the next step that you do is you do not respond to their demand. Do not respond to their demand. This is what makes you a powerful person as opposed to a victim. So this is where you have a boundary and then they, they don't cross it because you don't have to respond to their demand. People like to put demands on us left and right, but just so you know, you don't need to respond to their demand. You can though respond to the issue that is hidden underneath the surface. So um, anyway, so don't respond to the demand. Forgive them for crossing your boundary. So we set boundaries with God in our life too. So, okay, God, what is my boundary? Like what, what, talk to God about it. And then you see, okay, here's my boundary. Okay, this person crossed it. Now you're able to, you can forgive that person and let it go. And be okay with people mad at the boundary that you set. <laughs> Gotta be okay with it. You know, like, and again, I'm trying to say, we put these boundaries up so that we can love people well, but not to put distance between us and other people. If we're healthy people and we're like, we're able to move and breathe, we feel powerful. We don't feel like a victim to everybody. We are able to love people really, really, really well. So that is why I'm trying to uh, touch on this issue. And uh, the last one, yeah, don't cut people out of your life. That's important. You know, they, they could have offended you with what they said or whatever, but do not cut them out of your life. It's an immature response. And, uh, but forgive them and you can address the underlining issue that maybe they are coming to you with, but you, don't, you do not have to respond to their demand and you can separate personal issues with what they're saying. Amen? Is this making a little bit of help or sense? Okay, so I'm gonna go into some scripture really quick. John 10, 18, it says, no one can take my life from me. This is Jesus speaking. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. So if Jesus is saying that, then we can say that too. A lot of people in church have boundary issues. They don't know how to have boundaries and to have love at the same time. And so we choose to volunteer. No one's making us volunteer in the ministry. No one's making us open up our house for a connect. No one's making us serve and, and be at the door with a smile and a, and a wave. No one's making us come up here and, you know, and, and, and to worship and do instruments. No one's making us. No one is making you. So you need to be able to volunteer yourself because it says, no one can take my life from me. So when you have that stance, when you have that authority inside of you, oh my gosh, it frees you up so much that I chose to do this. I am volunteering to do this. And then you will not ever say the church is taking this from my family. And oh my goodness, like, yeah, raising your kids in church. Well, they just take, 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 take. 
Well, if you're saying that they take, 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 you are not volunteering yourself. You're, what it says to me, if you're saying that the church is taking something from you, is that you're being a victim, like you just, there's, there's no control. And also you're trying to, then what are you trying to give to get? What are you trying to give to get then? So you're not volunteering yourself, so you're doing this in order to get something. But what about just freely giving? And so, yes, I sacrifice it voluntarily. Psalm 147, 14 says, he makes peace in your borders. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. Amen. He makes peace in your borders. And uh, we're just going to keep going because there's just great scripture on this. But Psalm 16, 5 through 8, it says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. He's talking about boundaries. And so this is when we talk to God. We talk to God, God, what are the right boundaries for me? So he'll talk to you and the lines will fall for you in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. So when we feel like our boundaries are getting crossed or we feel violated, we feel like the enemy is coming at us, at night we can turn to God because he instructs us and he gives us counsel. He'll be able to tell you where the boundary is and where it can fall in pleasant places. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. How good is that? We, we won't be shaken. Okay, and then the last one scripture on this, Matthew 5, 37. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So as we are getting uh, breaking fear of community and reestablishing ourselves in community and not being fearful that people are going to trample over us and that we're going to be a victim to all these intruders, let us be people that can say yes and to say no. And this is something I struggle with because I really want to be at everything. And so I hesitate to RSVP, you know, because I'm like, oh, maybe I can make it happen. Maybe. But I'm like, so this is something I am really trying to get better at is to not wait until last minute, until the day of to RSVP. But no, I have my calendar set and I see what's going on and I'm able to say a yes or a no. And if it's a no, it doesn't mean that I don't love the person. I want to be there, but I need to hold myself to a yes or a no. And so that puts great borders in us. All right. So number three, this is the last point, uh, last type of person. Um, this type of person is kind of like a demander with great expectations. So point number three, demands create loneliness and unhealthy expectations create demands. Demands create loneliness and unhealthy expectations create demands. So I was just talking about the person who is like the victim to intruders. Now I'm talking about the people who are the intruders. <laughs> the intruders are the people who puts all these demands on relationships and all these major expectations. 
And people do that, I believe, out of a, uh, just a leakiness of love almost, that um, I am in order, I need this relationship from you in order to validate myself. And if I don't get enough from you, then I'm gonna feel, you know, inadequate, or I'm gonna feel lonely, and I'm gonna feel all these things. And so what happens is out of the fear of being lonely, and out of the fear of not being validated by these people, I'm now creating these unrealistic expectations on people in my life. I'm creating these demands. So demands create loneliness and unhealthy expectations create demands. So we're sinking that in. <laughs> um, yeah, there's people who, uh, it's not only relationships in our world, like friend to friend, like human to human, but I feel like people can sometimes put these demands and unrealistic expectations on God as well. So people in this boat will get angry at God and then they'll get angry at people. And the funny thing is, is that God and these friendly people in their world who are great friends are now starting to you know, like become more and more distant. And the common denominator is is me in the middle, creating all these demands. And well, God, I tithe. I should be a millionaire by now. What's going on? You know, unrealistic expectation. Like he, there's a journey that he takes us on. It's not like he doesn't want you to be a millionaire. But sometimes we think, well, if I tithe, then I'm gonna be a millionaire and how come I'm not? And now we get mad and pouty and it just it's just like, what is this? You know, what is happening? And, and then people do the same thing on their friends. Like, oh my gosh, like, well, when are we gonna hang out again? We hang out. And instead of saying like, oh, this was such a great time. You say, well, man, I really wish we can have this more. When are we gonna do this again? And, and sometimes the words are fine, but you can feel the spirit behind it. Like, man, I am getting like pulled from this person. So the energy is starting to suck away from me. And so you don't feel the freedom and relationship. You just feel that this person is demanding all of these things from you. And so there's, uh, there's that. There's people yeah, mad at God because he didn't change something for them right away. God, I am standing on your scripture and how come I am not healed today? I just got sick yesterday and I should be healed for it by now. You know, he is growing us and he's maturing us as people. And it was my uh, son's birthday the other day and he was like, hey, because it's my birthday, I'm the boss of today. And uh, because it's my birthday, guess what? You're not allowed to give me any spankings today. Like he literally, that's a quote from Asher himself. And then he was going around the house. Like, uh, um, he said this, um, my hands are dirty. It's my birthday today. I need you to give me a napkin. Like, wow. Okay, and w I promise you, we were still parents that day. We didn't like not parent him, but that's like, you know, some unrealistic expectations. I, I know, dude, that it's your birthday, but wow, you know, like I know that you're the son and the daughter of, of, of the king of, of, you know, but wow, entitlement, you know, going around, entitlement. It, but it's actually, but we need to develop, like we're acting like a 
a five, a six-year-old when we're acting like that. And a five and six-year-old isn't able to take care of themselves yet. And God wants us to grow up and mature us so that we can be mature adults and, and be able to do this, these amazing things and, and take responsibility and, and see all this great stuff happen. Um, you know, every movie that has a genie in a bottle, it doesn't end up well for that person. Like Aladdin, when he had the, the genie in a bottle, he'd rub it, but he'd just like get himself in trouble really at the end. But there's people that will treat God like a genie in the bottle. And so we need some growing up if we are treating God like a genie in the bottle. In relationships, do you give to get? Is it only transactional for you? So I am here, I'm giving you this, but guess what? I'm expecting you to do the same thing for me, you know, by this time next week. <laughs> Unrealistic, it's not a good demand. And so I was thinking about this, that uh, unrealistic re uh, expectations in relationship, it, it causes loneliness. And there's something that I kind of came up with, it's called uh, the leaky heart syndrome the leaky heart syndrome. There's something that is called the leaky gut syndrome or leaky gut. And um, I think I had it. So that's why I know about this. And what's happening is that your gut can't take in nutrients. And so there's, you know, some cracks in, in your gut. And because there's cracks, there's now toxins. And I'm not a scientist. You guys are, could probably explain this way better than me. But now there's toxins. Because my gut can't uh, function properly, it's, it's leaky. So those cracks that are causing leaks are actually allowing toxins to come into my body. And so what that uh, filter is with the membrane, the, the filter, is that the filter is actually broken. So we could have a filter with other people that is broken and uh, that is actually allowing uh, toxins to come into our relationships. And so it's all about the filter that we see on other people. Do we have a filter of extreme expectations? that we have on God and that we have on people in our world that are supposed to give us nutrients, that are supposed to fill us up and make us feel really good and make us feel really healthy. That's what God intended. He intends to give you a, a healthy life. He intends to be a good God in your life. But do you have a crack where your filter of God is off with all these demands that are unrealistic, that it's actually causing a toxic behavior between you and him or between you and other people in your life? So you try to eat more and 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 more, try to get all the nutrients in, but it continues to leak out. So the leaky heart syndrome, you continue to want more, oh, but then these, these demands and these unrealistic expectations, it's just leaking out. So what to change to break this is, um, I'm gonna read some scripture, but it's actually to impart some encouragement and some honor with uh, your friends that you have around you and some honor with friends that you have around, around you. So you give for the beauty of giving. You don't give to get something. And this is something really little, but I kind of pay attention to these things is uh, pay attention to, to what you say. Pay attention to the adverbs that you say. 
that, that are said. If, if your friend is saying, well, I, I might be able to go, maybe I'll see, you know, the maybes and I'll see or possibly. What your friend is trying to say is I really love you and I really wanna be there, but because my life is really crazy and busy right now, I don't know if I can commit. So that person should be telling you yes or no, but what they're trying to say is I love you and I wanna hang out with you but I'm not sure if I can. But the person with high demands and expectations, they eliminate, they don't even hear the possibly and the maybe or I'll see. They just hear straight away, oh, you're gonna do this. You know, they, they don't actually like, it doesn't compute in their head what you're actually trying to say is I'll try because I love you, but I have a busy schedule. It's like, oh no, so you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there. And, and so it's this unrealistic expectation on somebody. So now that I'm telling you, if you catch somebody say maybe or possibly, let it go. If they're able to come, they're able to come. And if they don't, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. It means that they're just probably busy. And so give, just let it go and let it be water off a duck's back and, and be a great friend to them. You know, it's not a negative thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of already mentioned this before, but um, a good friend says, I love it when we get to talk. So if you're a demanding person, if you like to put demands out there, you won't be saying, oh, I love it when we get to talk on the phone. I love it when we get to hang out. You're gonna say, um, this was really great, but I wish we can do this a lot more. So when are we gonna do this again? That will cause just like this separation and you're putting these demands. Okay, let me get into scriptures really quick. Oh, these are great scriptures. So I'm, you're gonna be excited about these. Okay, well, this one's a little, eh. if, 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 this one you won't like, actually. So if you see yourself as a demanding person, Proverbs 25, 17 says this, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. Wow, thank you, God. And so other things say, lest he becomes weary of you and it just stops welcoming you in. And so... Anyway, there you go. That's a good scripture. <laughs> um, so yeah, how, being intrusive to others will separate friendships. So watch how intrusive you are being and let things just breathe and let it go. Um, so instead of uh, getting from somebody, here's what the Bible says. This is First, Thess First Thessalonians um, 5.11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So there we go. When we are in relationships with people, healthy relationships are filled with great encouragement and building one another up. When you encourage someone, you're not getting something from them. You are simply just loving on them. And that's what we're trying to get to. Uh, Romans 12, 10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. So think about that in healthy friendships, that there's two people who are trying to outdo one another in honor. And that's what true friendship is about. That's Romans 12, 10. So see, I told you, you'd like some of these. Um, Proverbs 19, 11 says, uh, good sense makes, wait, yes. Good sense makes one slow to anger 
and in his glory to overlook an offense. So in really good friendship, you're gonna overlook many, many, many offenses. This is just a maturing in us and you're gonna get really good at it and you're gonna have the most amount of friends ever. You're gonna have more friends in real life than Instagram followers on, you know, on social media. So overlooking offense. Um, so yeah, be, being a good friend requires honor and encouragement. So the three people, one, you can't be yourself because you're great at first impressions, but you actually can't really keep a long lasting relationship. You're just hooked to Instagram, the social media, the first impression, comparing yourself. Can't be yourself when you compare. So that's one. Second one is where you have no boundaries established in your life and you feel like you're, being, you're a doormat, people are walking all over you. So you're a victim to the intruders. You don't have boundaries. And the third person is that you have way too many expectations on people. <laughs> too many expectations. And if you're in one of those categories, uh, that is what really leads to the road of loneliness. And so that's what we're trying to break tonight is to break loneliness and to go into 2024 with a setup of transformation where uh, you're not transformed alone, but you are truly transformed in an incubator, like I said, of love that has no fear, no intimidation, and a community of people that surround you and actually see you for you, see you for who God has created you. And you're surrounded by people who honor you and encourage you. And that's true fulfillment in 2024. That's where you can completely soar. And whatever God is, you know, placing on your heart of, uh, of doing, if it's, you know, this amazing, whatever it could be in, in ministry, you could see yourself in ministry, you can see yourself doing these great things in business, transforming the city. Well, if you, it comes back, if you don't have love, that stuff won't matter at all. If you won't, if you're not feeling loved in your community, if you don't feel the encouragement and the honor in your community, none of that stuff is really gonna matter. So let's all stand up. Um, so you can uh, reach or put your hands out and uh, I'm just asking you to put your hands out because you're, you're turning your hands to God and you're saying, God, examine my heart. And if any of those areas that Pastor Loren brought up that I can actually see myself in, God, I want you to deal with that within me because I don't want to feel lonely. I don't want to have fear in my life. I want community to build me up. I actually want to experience encouragement around me. I actually want to experience honor around me. And so thank you, Lord, right now, just do some self-examination. Do I compare myself too much? Do I get jealous and do I envy and covet all these things? Does that lead me to uh, just feeling lonely where I can't actually be myself? And secondly, do I uh, feel like I, I just don't like being around people because I don't know what they're gonna do. They can say all these things and it could really hurt me. And 
They're not actually respecting me. I don't feel honor. Well, maybe we feel that way because there's a, we don't have any boundaries in our life. We feel like a victim and not a powerful person that you created me to be. Am I thinking that the church is just taking all this stuff from me, but I'm not volunteering myself? God, do I need a reset in this area? And finally, God, am I putting a lot of unrealistic demands and expectations on you? Am I being immature in this area? God, am I putting unrealistic expectations on my friends? Wow, am I actually being the person that is just uh, repelling them from me? Am I not being fulfilled by you? Is my heart continuing to leak and I'm trying to find validation in people around me, but I'm not finding validation from you. And so it puts these unrealistic demands on these people because I just crave everything. I crave their validation. I crave them. God, if there's a craving that I have with people and I don't have freedom in that area, God, deal with that in me right now. So thank you, Lord. We give you all these things, God. We give you ourselves, we give you our heart. Lord, you love us so much. You have so much great intention. You have so much great love that not only you have for us, but God, people that are in our world. There's so much love with people in our world that you want us to receive. You want us to receive love on all angles. So thank you, Jesus, that tonight is a, a heart healing night. It's a maturing night. And God, you're setting us up so that when we step in into 2024 and we give you our all, and no matter what area it is, if it's Awaken You, if it's PFA, if it's recovery, if it's going to a connect group, if it's serving on a team, being a part of a ministry, God, you're asking us to go all in and to go all in with no fear, but with great love and great expectations, with a community that builds us up and nurtures us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.